the talking heads, if you will, of the world and the financial industry say this is bad or this is good, I completely disagree with that. It's not bad or good. It's what's a fit. Welcome to the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast with former professional baseball player and now financial coach at Black Oak Asset Management, Ryan Ledman. This show will help you make the right financial decisions so you can pitch a perfect game in retirement. Here's the windup and the delivery. Glad to have you back inside the Perfect Game Retirement Podcast. I am Ben George. He is Ryan Ledden, president and financial coach over at Black Oak Asset Management. we got a good show for you today. We're going to talk about education. That's a very important priority for us on the show and for Ryan and his team. But where does all that knowledge come from? You know, Ryan's got the baseball background. We know he's, you know, he's, he's an athlete. But how did he acquire all that financial knowledge? And how does he continue to grow in the profession? We're going to we're going to find out some of those, uh, I guess, maybe trade secrets today on the show, but really kind of find out who he's leaning on, what books he might read, and, and some of the uh, the resources he relies on every day, and maybe it'll help you as you're looking for, for more information. So, Ryan, it's good to talk to you again. How's everything? Absolutely. Uh, doing doing well. Uh, new year. I know the recording of this, we're, we're in January, but it won't come out till a little bit later, but uh, new year and and pretty much same stuff's going on. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we were talking kind of before the show, but I mean, you know, we we always hope like, hey, as soon as that that calendar changes and says twenty twenty one, it might only be, you know, one minute to the next at midnight, but you know, everything changes, right? Yeah, it's yeah. still still a lot of a lot of chaos going on, and uh, it's it's like you said, it's just because of the day. It's a it's a arbitrary day, really. Obviously, it's a it's a new year, but it's just another day, and. So we can't uh, just think our problems are going to go away just because of the calendar year changes over. No, absolutely. Well, hopefully you're doing well. If you're listening to this podcast, whenever you listen to it, hopefully everything's good with you. But let me remind you a couple things before we get started on today's show. You can find everything online at blackoakam.com. That is Ryan's website. You'll find him there. And you can also schedule a 360 session online, a retirement coach 360 session online there. You can also request his toolkit. It's a retirement toolkit there about Diffusing the ticking tax time bomb, which is very important and not not a lot of people think about, uh, but also information on educational seminars and workshops and now webinars as well online at blackoakam.com. So plenty of information there, plus every one of our podcasts. So make sure you check that out after the show is over. But I wanted to talk to you today, Brian, about this financial knowledge. And, you know, you've been you've had a nice journey. Obviously, you're still you still got a nice career ahead of you, hopefully. And but you've already put in a lot of time in really under researching and studying and learning about this financial world, you know, after your baseball career was over. So I want to kind of pick your brain a little bit on how you got to this point and, and kind of the, some of the people you've relied on along the way. And, and hopefully the goal is maybe some people kind of understand better about your background, but also maybe you can kind of take some of those sources that you use and maybe apply them to their uh, day-to-day life as they try to learn more and educate themselves more in 2021. So I know education is important to you, right? Absolutely. I mean, it came from, Obviously, being a, a, a teacher myself and uh, going through school and getting three degrees that, that I do have. So, yeah, I mean, I think I'm, I'm one of those kind of constant uh, constant learners. So I learned something and just kind of hungry for more, I guess you could say. So I've always kind of been a, um, a, a learner at heart. Well, I know the kind of the most obvious place I want to start, you know, you're Dave Ramsey's Smart Vester Pro. So, when I, you know, I guess a lot of people consider him a celebrity in the financial world. He's, he's grown such a huge brand and, uh, and such an amazing brand 
great reputation. I know he's a guy you you rely on quite a bit, right? Yeah, I mean, it runs pretty deep with with him, and I I really don't remember how I discovered him or got turned on to Dave Ramsey and his teachings, if you will, and philosophy, but uh, it does go back to, gosh, around 2005, I guess, so about 15 years, 16 years from now. We They were offering it to his Financial Peace University class at my church, and uh, my wife and I took that course and to really learn because I was kind of always a little bit of a nerd when it came to uh, money, but uh, my wife, not as much. She's she's uh, more of the kind of science brain, if you will. And so, but she's still conscious of these things and wanted to learn more. So long story short, we went through the nine-week course, really liked it. And so I just digested everything that he had from his books to his radio show uh, podcasts weren't that big a deal back then, but obviously his podcast, YouTube channel, you name it. But I would listen to his episodes on my way to uh, work in the mornings. I would listen to the recordings and obviously became so well versed that I could, you know, like a lot of people out there can answer the questions, you know, just like Dave would once you start hearing, because it's, it's principles. Principles don't change. Um, Right, and it doesn't matter what type of principle it is; they don't they don't change uh, at all. They're they're principles for a reason, and so he just saw a a huge need or a huge niche for it. And if you go to his building in uh, just out outside of Nashville and Franklin, you see the timeline. I mean, he started in a classroom with an overhead projector and about four people in a classroom. So. Again, it's he wasn't an overnight success. Um, you know, it only took him thirty years to to do it. But you know, he started in just classrooms, and he just continued to grind and build it up and build it up. So, hearing his uh, teachings, whether you one hundred percent agree with him or not, is fine. I hear a lot of people who we get leads from his website interested in talking to us. They'll say, oh, "I'm Dave Ish. I believe in what he talks about," but. Mm-hmm which I get. Life happens. Things need to change for people's specific situation. And he's obviously talking to 15 million people at one time too. So right. it's it's hard to give specific and blanket advice at the same time. So there are some nuances that need to change with people's uh, uh, lives and how it works with their, with their family. However, so fast forward, me taking Financial Peace University, then I became a volunteer and started teaching his Financial Peace University at my church. It wasn't offered there at the time, so I started teaching it and volunteering. And then uh, I found out there was a high school curriculum. So when I was an economics teacher, uh, I found out there was a public school version of his Foundations of Personal Finance. So again, saw a need to do it and already drank the proverbial Kool-Aid, if you will. <laughs> so I started teaching it to my kids once I got it passed, if you will, through through uh, the school system and got it approved. So we started teaching that. And so the, the several years that I taught it, I just kept thinking, I can do this, I can do this, I can do this. Well, people started coming to my classroom for advice, like other teachers and stuff. And I'm not licensed at that time. So I'm like, huh, I think I can do this. So <laughs> that was what nudged me to do this for a living. Uh, now it was a, it was a big leap of faith, obviously, but cause you go from a very comfortable environment of being a high school teacher to the cutthroat world of you have no salary and you only get paid on what you business you bring in. So it went, I went completely opposite and I'm not a big change guy. So it was a big leap for me, but 
long story short, it has worked out. It was it was tough at times, but fast forward to 2017, once I took over the the firm that I own now, Dave Ramsey's group reached out to us a few months later and asked us to be one of the smart bester pros. So for me, it was a easy, easy decision, and it it took me all of a couple minutes to say yes. Hmm. And we've been on the website since since 2018. So pretty long-winded answer. There's been other influential people, but I would say he's at the backbone of, of, of the reason why I do what I do. Uh, it sounds like he's had a, I mean, a pretty significant impact on your career from start to where you are now, right? Absolutely. Business and, yeah. and personally, um, I mean, paying, paying debt off student loans that uh, my wife's a veterinarian. And, and so she had to pay for her own schooling. And, so she had to take out student loans and, you know, debt that comes along the way, whether it's cars or whatnot, and, and mm-hmm. just being intentional and paying those things off. You know, one of the, uh, the, the best wedding gifts I got was Dave Ramsey's book. You know, I wouldn't have thought about it that much, but somebody gave it to us when we were married and, and, uh, you know, I just took some time and read through it and I kind of, I knew of Dave and, and kind of knew of his ideas, but you know, just really kind of reading through it in detail and, you know, I didn't follow everything to a T, but just kind of understanding that overall process really helped me out a lot. So that's a book that I've kind of really looked to, to kind of, that kind of got me started in thinking, you know, this, this way, but is there any book that you can think of that's had a big impact on, on your uh, financial views? Yeah, I mean, his book, yeah, Total Money Makeover is one of them. And I did the same thing to some of my students. So in each one of my classes, because, you know, he puts his books on sale sometimes for like $10. And so I would buy a bunch of them. And and students that really took to this stuff, I would give them uh, their book. And it's funny, I've had a few students reach back out and go, man, I still got that book that you gave me my senior year of high school. I still have that book. And uh, so anyway, that's that's pretty cool to hear. So. But yeah, that, I mean, there's, I'm a nerd again, when it comes to this stuff, I can read this and I love reading it. Uh, You know, for some, it's like reading stereo instructions. It's just terrible to to read, but I just digest this stuff. I mean, I remember teaching at, at the high school I was at and I would read stuff while I was doing like lunchroom duty, you know, checking for hall passes. I'd have a book. They're like, what are you reading? And I'd tell them something financial related. And they're like, oh my gosh, (laughs) how do you read that stuff? So I've digested so much stuff, but it really goes back to one book that I can remember specifically. And this was my last year of uh, professional baseball when I was with the Pirates organization, I was doing my shoulder rehab. So had uh, shoulder surgery. And so I would do my rehab from 7.30 and I'd be out of there by 8.30, 9 o'clock. So it was down in Bradenton. So it wasn't the worst place ever. So there was a beach nearby. So, you know, it's it wasn't like I was um, <laughs> being tortured or anything. I was in Florida, but it was boring. <laughs> I mean, it was just shoulder rehab, go home and then really do a lot of nothing because my shoulder limited on what I could do from a physical standpoint. So I would do those things. So anyway, I started reading and I was not much of a reader growing up. In fact, I was not a reader hardly at all. And so, but once I could start reading things of my liking, then I started to read more. So I read this first book and I'm probably misquoting the title of it. And I actually still have it in my office. It's this big giant green book. It was the Consumer Reports Guide to Money or something like that. I don't don't even think it's printed anymore. But it was like this a thousand plus page, just very generic, analytical, dry, you name it. But I digested that thing and it just completely changed the way I thought about money and how it works, how it stores, how it, the, the value of it. And from then on, that's when I knew, okay, 
if my baseball career is going to be cut short, which at that time coming off shoulder surgery, I, I started to see, okay, this may be, this may be the, it. this may be the, the end of my career. So I know I got to go back to school because I didn't have any education other than high school. So I started to think, okay, this is something I want to do. So I did major in economics. I just kind of took a different route and, and became a baseball coach and an economics teacher. So I kind of still had that foundation um, from an education standpoint. It just took me from a career standpoint, took me in a different direction. But I still have that book, still in my bookshelf. So it's kind of my, uh, you know, my keepsake, if you will, for, for getting in the industry and do what I do now. Right. Well, let's go back a little bit further uh, prior to your baseball career and talk about your family a little bit. I know your your parents have had an impact on your life. Do they they play much of a role in uh, in your financial side of things? Like, do they talk to you a lot about money, investing, that sort of thing? They didn't talk to me a lot about money and investing, but there are like two stories that I remember. And one story is um, in, in the book that I wrote. I, I do have it kind of in the in the beginning. Uh, in the introduction, two things that stick out, and it wasn't anything my parents said or did. A- again, you learn a lot more through actions than you actually do someone telling you to do something. Right. And so I used to remember my dad, he would do a uh, budget for the family. And I remember he'd have all his papers out and his little notebook and all that. And I kept thinking like, what are you doing? Like, what, what is all that? So he was doing a budget for our family, but also a budget for his company. He worked for a utility company here in the state of Georgia. And so he worked for them. So he had to do budgets for that. And I'm thinking, so wait, you you have to kind of know where each dollar that comes in, where it goes. I just, it blew, I don't know why it blew my <laughs> mind. This is probably in middle school. I'm like, huh, okay. So you kind of know where your money goes. I just distinctly remember that. And Again, that's basically what Dave Ramsey has made a mega empire on <laughs> is, right. hey, what comes in? How are we going to spend it? Where does it go? And so that was one thing. And then also I remember one time too, uh, I was probably five years old at McDonald's and getting something to eat there, Happy Meal, whatever. And I remember my mom gave me some change uh, from the food that we got. And it was like a few pennies. So, But as a kid, you have no concept of how much that is. But I just remember thinking, holy cow, if I keep this and start adding more to it, then I'll have a bunch. So again, that's how a five-year-old mind, that's about as simple as I can put it <laughs> in my 43-year-old brain right now. But I just remember thinking, holy cow, I it, this my mom gave me this, I have this, I can add to it and buy more stuff later. I mean, that's as simple as it was. So very simple principle ideas from saving and budgeting that kind of has shaped my, my career from, uh, uh, from a long-term perspective, but no, they never really talked about investing money was, it was kind of old school as far as money was hush. Like I had no idea what my dad made, no clue what kind of benefits or anything that he had. It was Mm -hmm. just something I took an interest in. Yeah. Well, you know, the people that you spend time around are going to shape your life like your parents. But, you know, as you get older, you you surround yourself with certain people. And, you know, the way they talk about it, about money and the way they handle money has an influence on on you specifically, not you, but just in general people. But is there anyone or can you think about the relationships you have? Do they shape the way you think and feel about money? Yeah. I mean, that kind of goes back to my parents, obviously. My parents were, they weren't cheap at all. They were uh, probably frugal is more of the right word. I mean, we didn't, 
our vacations were not lavish growing up. Now we n- did not go without, trust me. I mean, we uh, lived in a very middle class, if you will, with air quotes, middle class uh, family. We didn't do without, but again, we weren't taking, you know, international trips. We basically went to the Florida beach every year if I was playing in a baseball tournament and that was our vacation and that was fine. I was perfectly okay with that. So definitely parents starting out, but there was a lot of influence once I did get drafted and, you know, you get a chunk of money uh, when you're 18 years old. And again, mine, I've mentioned this before, mine wasn't like life altering money, but it was still enough to be like, okay, don't do something stupid with this because this can, this can set you up down the road. <laughs> and so luckily my parents, again, my, my dad basically said, okay, here's 5,000 bucks. You can do whatever you want with it. The rest of it, you're investing. And so we did. We I used my dad's advisor at the time and uh, saved my money that way. And this was during the late 90s when the stock market was going up every single year. And I'd get my statements going, man, this is awesome. <laughs> Look at this stuff go. And then, yeah. you know, the dot-com bubble hit. And then I'm like, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> I'm investing um, in stocks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just saw guys that I played with who were getting millions and millions of dollars in signing bonuses or whatnot. And seeing how different people treated money like you know some treated it like um the scarce thing that it is but then some people treated it like it was a you know a a money tree or a a spigot in their backyard where they just turn it on and this paycheck's going to last the rest of their life and many of them found out the wrong the wrong way and the hard way so but then i also saw guys i played with who set themselves up for the rest of their lives being smart with it and obviously maybe increasing their lifestyle some, but not letting it get away from them. And yeah. I have still a few close personal friends that that's, that's the way they are. And now they can do what they want. They, they do some, they work, they do things, but they do it on their own time. And it's specifically what they, what they want to do. So that those relationships definitely did. And then the, the, my previous business partner, uh, Eddie, who I bought the business from, uh, completely changed the way I think about money from a, abundance standpoint like this is not a limited thing it's think of it in abundance and so he just really changed my mindset the the way i look at things from an investment standpoint and a long-term standpoint he's really changed uh changed the way i thought about things that's really cool you know and, and you've kind of touched on this a little bit but you know, your your perspective of money changes as you get older right and as you move from you know relying on your parents to getting your own job to then begin saving and seeing that money grow um what kind of talk about the age for you i mean you've talked about a little bit but how is how is you know your view of of money and investing changed from where you are now maybe from where you were 15 20 years ago yeah, it's, it's definitely changed over time. Uh, again, fortunate, given my parents a, a plug, I was fortunate that they, they built in that discipline. Uh, again, when I did sign that contract to, to put that money away and it allowed me to put a, a good down payment on our first home uh, that we probably would not have been able to do if we didn't, if I didn't save that money and just look back and go, oh my gosh, what did I spend my money on? Because I've heard that story. 10 million times over from the guys I played with. It's like, oh my gosh, I had this chunk of money. Where did it go? But again, you're young, you're invincible. Again, like I said, you, you think the money is going to last forever. The paychecks are going to last forever and they do not. So looking at and viewing money has definitely changed over time. Obviously in, in my lower forties now. So it, 
it has has changed from my perspective now as a as a legacy standpoint. So I'm still relatively quote unquote new in this industry. Been in it ten years. So a 43 year old being in the industry for 10 years is you could kind of look as me being a, a younger business owner, if you will, uh, because a lot of people who are my age have been in the industry for 20, 25 years. And so they, they are in a different spot maybe uh, when it comes to that. But I look at money from a, a legacy standpoint. I got two kids now, want to take care of my family, obviously. But not that I'm thinking about retirement because that's I, I love what I do. So as long as the good Lord keeps my brain and working, okay, I'm going to keep doing this because I enjoy doing it and I love doing it and I love helping people. But I do start thinking about already, okay, I got a, my 10-year-old uh, and 6-year-old. Not that I'm going to take them into the business because I kind of joke around with them what I do and they're like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> Again, they're only 10 and 6, but still they're like, ugh, I don't want to do that. So I'm like, that's fine. I'm like. Like I, you don't necessarily have to take over the business one day. That's fine. But I definitely look at money from a le- more of a legacy standpoint. And what does this look like uh, for us in retirement as well? Right. Well, let's finish off. We'll kind of look to, through your life a little bit and kind of how you got to this point. Let's look ahead a little bit uh, to close out this conversation. You know, there's a lot of changes in technology. It's There's a lot of good, a lot of bad that comes with that. Plenty of advancements. And it seems now, I mean, for anyone that wants to learn about money, they can download this podcast and listen to you in, in a matter of seconds. They can Google anything that's on their mind. Um, you can, you know, this is a scary thought, but you can invest thousands of thousand dollars with a click of a button on your phone, uh, which is nuts. What do you think about the advancements in technology? Are they good or bad for uh, helping in our financial literacy? I don't think really either. It's kind of like money. Money's not good. It's not bad. It's kind of a tool. And and so is technology. Technology is a tool and it can be used to advance your knowledge base, if you will. Uh, but it also can, can work against you because we've had this technology and we've had Google and search engines, you name it, to look up how to invest, how to lose weight, <laughs> you name it. And those things are still a problem. And so I don't believe it's one or the other because there is tons of information out there, but people are desperate for knowledge and wisdom, not information. Because like you just said, I can go to Google, punch in anything, and information is going to come up. But what do you do with it? That's that's the biggest thing. It's the yeah. implementation whether it's diet, whether it's money, whether it's relationships, it's it's how you implement these things. And some people can absolutely do this on their own, 100%. And usually when we meet with people, I can tell right away. I'm like, why are you why are you here with me? And I, and I don't mean that in a mean way because you're doing awesome and I think you'll be just fine. But there's a lot of people that this doesn't interest individuals and they want help. And so obviously that's an ideal client for for us. So I don't think advancements in technology, I know from selfishly, from my standpoint they have, especially running a business and, and, and having the number of clients that we do have, technology has absolutely helped us. Now, obviously, when technology messes up, it's the biggest headache ever. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> as long as it works, it's great. But for the masses, it just depends on the individual. If, if you can get this information, but when you do search these types of things, 
you have to say, okay, how does this fit in my situation? Does this right for me or is it not? So these, these individuals, the, the, the talking heads, if you will, of the world and the financial industry say this is bad or this is good. I completely disagree with that. It's not bad or good. It's what's a fit. And so you hear people say, oh, annuities are bad or life insurance is bad or the stock market is bad. And you, it's a, it's different for every, every single person. And so what's a fit for you? You just have to see, figure out what is that best fit and how does it fit into your financial, uh, financial future. So technology is just indifferent. It's not good or bad. Well, I appreciate you sharing all this. It's been really kind of cool to learn your background and, and you know, who's helped shape your financial view of the world and, and helped you get to where you are. And it's uh, really interesting, but hopefully some people will get some, uh, some tips and resources out of this. Maybe check out the book and, and maybe lean on Dave Ramsey a little bit more or whatever it is, but nothing else kind of get a better understanding of your background. I think that will help them. And uh, if you want to get in touch with Ryan, if you want to sit down, schedule a retirement coach 360 session online, you can do so right on the website. It's very easy to do blackoakam.com is the website. You can call them directly if you prefer to do that as well. 470-508-0508. And of course, make sure you check out the webinars and request that toolkit, the, ta- the tax time bomb toolkit. It'll help you out uh, begin thinking about taxes in retirement because like everybody says, we assume they will only go up from here where they are historically low. So I want to close out with a little quote from Ben Franklin, Ryan, before we close it out here today. Uh, what do you think about this one? Beware of the little expenses. A small leak will sink a great ship. Well, that kind of leads from our previous discussion about Dave Ramsey and what empire he he has built. And it's so true because I, I like this quote because I've actually said it at some of my seminars because it is true. I mean, if you don't keep track, whether it's a budget or you know how you're spending your money, or the fees that you're paying inside of your investment accounts, those small things over time, it's like anything. It's like the compound effect that I've mentioned. Darren Hardy, great book, compound effect. It's the little things they add up just like a compound interest in your in your investment accounts. For years, you feel like, ah, oh, this thing's just not growing. And then all of a sudden, compound interest takes over and like uh, I think it was Albert Einstein said, eighth wonder of the world. Uh, so yeah. it's those small little things that add up, but those things can work for you uh, in reverse. They can be bad for you as well. So uh, uh, definitely a small leak in a, in, a, in a boat, whether it's your portfolio, whether it's your relationships, you name it, small little things start adding up over time and it can, it can really have an adverse effect. So I love that. It's the little things in life you got to pay attention to. It's the little things you do. Again, being a coach now, it's the little things they do on a on a softball field or a baseball field or a football field. The ones who are the most successful do the little things right, period. And the ones who don't do the little things right, again, it, it sinks a ship. Whatever you know, metaphor you want to use that in life, but it definitely has an adverse effect. But if you don't pay attention to it, it will sink it. Yeah, we hear that all the time, but it's always great to remind people because for some reason it doesn't always get through to everyone. I think I've been guilty of that at times too. So, you know, we're all guilty of it. We're human. But if you want to take those steps to plug those small leaks, make sure your ship is in order, so to speak, contact Ryan, 
com is the website. All of our podcasts are there as well, but we encourage you to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon Music, whatever it is, we'll be there. We hope you will be as well. Ryan, thanks for the time today. I really enjoyed it. Absolutely enjoyed it as well. The Perfect Game Retirement Podcast is brought to you by Black Oak Asset Management, serving the greater Atlanta area with offices in Alpharetta, Cartersville, and Macon. The show is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Subscribe to the show on your favorite app today and never miss an episode. Just search for Perfect Game Retirement to find us. You can also visit blackoakam.com to listen to past episodes, to contact Ryan Ledden, and to learn more about how to pitch a perfect game in retirement. Information provided is for informational purposes only and does not constitute tax, investment, or legal advice. Please consult with a qualified professional before taking any action. Securities and registered investment advisory services offered through Silver Oak Securities, Inc., member FINRA SIPC. Black Oak Asset Management and Silver Oak Securities, Inc. are not affiliated.